Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, he has made us glad. I said he has made us glad. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just confess this one with one another. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly I have come to receive, come to receive the word of God today. I've come to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I will never be the same again. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Wow, what a great, great, great week. Come on, good times of refreshing, good times of fellowship. You know, it's important, to, it's important that you hang around the right folks. You know what I mean? It makes, it makes a difference. Part of the, uh, part of the testimony, um, there was a couple of things that were shown in there. And then they, you know, thank God they edited me out. I, I told Pastor Melina, I didn't, I, was, I looked at the final edit. They just had her talking. I was like, oh, she, I just kept looking. Oh, man, what a beautiful woman. I get to go home with her. And I was just so, you know, just so tickled to see her talk. And, and I, I, me, and, me and Terry looked at her, I go, we're obviously going, why are we here? <laughs> Boy, her and Miss Renee did so good. And, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It makes a difference where you fellowship. It makes a difference. You know, one of the, and, and sometimes the change and the fellowship can sometimes feel um, uh, different. Because you know you have you're, you're, you have this memory of folks that you, there's certain components about certain people that you like, but you know in the end there is a there is a way that that leads to destruction. You know that there's always there's a way that that where there's um, a, a not a very uh, not a very peaceful. There's always seems to be drama, even though that person's nice and sweet. You may like them. It seems like drama always surrounds their life. Um, but you know, one of the things I told uh, Pastor Molina, and we were talking about the, the book Supernatural Childbirth, I said, you know, one thing that makes a difference is, number one, is that the people are doing the Word. That's right. Number two, that's a real help, is that when you have your faith buddy on the same page with you, that's right. encouraging you, hey, right. this is the way... We, don't worry, girl. I remember what uh, remember I said in uh, page three, and you know, and and, I, and you know, you you got your your little highlights. You know where you're going to. And here's the thing: is that when you're doing, when you're a doer of the word, not just to hear. Well, I bought the book. I don't understand why this thing didn't work out. Well, you can't just buy the book. Buying the book does not does not mean that you put the information in or doing the word. You know, here part of doing a supernatural childbirth, part of it is dealing with fear. Yeah. The number one component is you're dealing with fear. Yeah. You're getting in the face of fear. Right. We're getting, you know, because, you know, the doctors, they mean well. Yes. They, they want to help you. Uh-huh. They're trying to, you know, not to expect too much. But then they get you so wound up in fear that your body locks up. Yeah. But then when you get the word in, you start to realize how free you are, right. how redeemed from the curse you are. Right. And then when you get, start getting that word, you're like, I got nothing to worry about. I've got nothing to fear about. And I'm telling you, you start putting that word in when you're young, yes. it comes out later on when you need it. Come on, this is a house of miracles. That's right. yes, I mean, I know this church, this church has experienced so many miracles. You know, you know, some people, they don't even, you know, I've heard people, I've never had a miracle in my church. I don't, you hear people say that. And you come in a church like this, you could all just sit here, take it for granted. You take a granted the miracles, you, you, the, the childbirthing miracles, the financial miracles, yeah. the home miracles, the job miracles, yeah. um, physical miracles. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, miracle upon miracle, you could take that for granted yeah. and, and wind up in a dead church because you just took all your miracles for granted. Yeah. You thought everywhere you went, there, there was miracles happening. Yeah. 
You know, one, time, one, one year ago, I, I told some, some lady, oh, I just re- met, met, I recently met a lady, and she was Catholic. And I said, she goes, I came up, I, she, 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 she kind of told a little bit of her story, how she became a Pentecostal, how she got born again, how she got saved. And then I go, I go the good thing about us uh, uh, um, Catholics is that we believe in miracles. We never had a problem with not, not believing God for miracles. Now, the other religious groups had a problem with it, but we got miracles all the time. Yeah. Why? Because we believe that God will do miracles. Right. And when you believe God will do miracles, God makes miracles happen. And just because you cross on over to the Pentecostal side doesn't mean miracles stop. Right. We, we've discovered that on the Pentecost, not only was there miracles, but there was, there was more to God than just one facet. Come on, that's right. There's, there's, there's not just one side of God. There's multiple sides, God. And if you walk out, if you walk out on nothing, you'll end up landing on something every time you use your faith. That's right. That's right. Every time you chose to to trust God, you'll you'll get a miracle. That's right. Every time you make a decision to make a step with God, walk with God, learn his word, get it in your heart, miracles will happen to you. That's right. Your life will be surrounded with miracles. Surrounded earmarked by miracles. How about having that family earmarked by miracles? And if miracles aren't flowing in your life like they should be, you got to ask yourself, how connected I am right now to doing the word? Because they should be flowing all the time. They should look at you and say, hey, I need you to work some extra hours. I need, I, I need someone who can do that job that nobody else is doing because everyone else is flaky. They should look at you. You're my man. You're on time. You're early. Right? They shouldn't look at you and like, well, we don't, we'd love to give him. Sure, he's, he's good on paper, but we can't trust that he's going to be on time. Well, I'll tell you, when you start living that way, the miracles start to well up because God honors his word. And he's looking for a place that, where people will look to that person, that individual, to do his word in them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, they don't pay me enough to do this job. Well, you don't do what you're, you're paid to do. You do above and beyond what they pay you. Because when you do above and beyond, you are acting like your father who does above and beyond more than what you could ever that's ask right. or think. Because that's, right. that's the kind of God you serve. Yeah. That's the kind of person you are. That's right. You know, I mean, I worked in the mental health field. I've had to do a lot of things. A lot. Most people say, well, that is above my pay grade. Well, you're not a nurse. You shouldn't be doing that. I've wiped bottoms. I've given showers. I've combed hair. I've done it all. I've cleaned up. I'm, and I don't mean to be gross. Let me just—I don't mean to be gross in saying that because when you work in the mental health field, you got to be careful. You just assumed everybody has the same iron stomach that you have. And uh, so I was—I've—I've I've done things, but I'm going to tell you something. As a result of doing those things and and not complaining, promotion came. Doing what some people would say, I, I don't want to do that. Doing those things. Out of my comfort zone, God was able to promote me and use me. Getting out of my car, being a witness. Being a witness to asking people to come to church. (laughs) Me and my friend friend David, we must have drugged more people to church. (laughs) Grabbed more people from church. You know, just inviting people to church. Hey, come to church. Give them our testimony. Talked about the goodness of God. Remember one guy, he used to be a racist. He, He used to be a skinhead. I remember got in a fight him in the middle of an orange grove one time at a party, met, ran into each other. He bit me on the arm. I still had the scar. Years ago, Pastor him goes, where'd that scar from? That's a bite mark. From what? That was a fight. <laughs> he was on the ground. I was punching him. I was hitting him real good. He got born again. I got born again. We ran into each other at a, 
at a Bible study. He was worried, and I wasn't. And he goes, oh, he wanted to know if you're going to start trouble. I said, no, don't tell him not to worry. He's born again. I'm born again. We're, not, we're now brothers in Christ. He don't have to worry about nothing. I don't have to worry about nothing. I love, I'll love him just like I love my brother. And I'm going to tell you when, you, when you step into Christ, all those things are old. All things become new. You start experiencing it. You don't care if people don't like, because you get someone saved, their whole world's going to change anyways. Yes. That hate they had in their hearts is yeah. going to go away. That's right. You on. have a love for the things of God. You have a love for the people of yes. God. I said you have a love for the people of God. Yes. You want to see the world change. You want to be a world changer. You want to come and see the world change. Come you don't want to just spectate, but you want to be a part of the world change. You want to be yes. that person that lays hands on the sick. Yes. I said right now we've got people that can lay hands on yes. the sick. You, you have those things already on the inside of you. Right. I said you already have those things on the inside of you. Yeah. Let me see them hands. There's miracles in these hands. Yeah. These miracles yeah. in these hands. Yeah. Well, I'm just paid you. I just sell real estate. It don't matter. You got miracles in these hands. You got miracles in these feet. Everywhere these feet walk, there's miracles going. These, these shoes carry the gospel. These heels carry the gospel. Woo! God moves in teenagers. God moves in teenagers. I remember Sophia came home. She goes, Dad, I led 25. Well, I don't know. She said, don't tell you my testimony. She gets embarrassed. You should never be embarrassed about your testimony. That's right. Don't be embarrassed about what, you know, leading kids to the Lord. Yeah. Leading people to Jesus. That's right. Because they're going to hell. Yeah. yeah now, they, right. now they were going to hell. Yeah. But now they're going the other way. Come on. Then you just pray that you, you, they get planted in the right church. Yeah. And then you tell them the importance of going to a good church. Yeah. It's going to teach them, teach about who they are in Christ. That's right. Who you are in Christ. That's right. Do you know who you are in Christ? Yes. If you don't know who you are in Christ, I will introduce you to who you are in Christ. Yes. Come, on. Come on. You're not supposed to live a victim. Right. No, you're not. You're not supposed to live a victim mentality life. Yeah. Oh, you know, the world's hard on me. Yeah. The world's been difficult. I had a bad upbringing. You know, my mom and dad weren't perfect. I was raised poor. It don't matter how you were raised. If you were raised a certain way, God's going to get you to the next level anyways. That's right. You just got to make the decision. I'm just going to hold on to God's word and may let my life change as a result of doing God's word. Yeah. That's right. I've known lots, lots of men and women who decided they were going to go all out for Jesus and it affect their kids. I've known kids who said, I'm going to go all out for the Lord and it affect their kids yeah. in positive ways. Yes. They, they got good reports. Yeah. They got good reports. Right. Like they got good reports, you're going to have a good report. That's right. Amen. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. So it's time for miracles. Come on. Right. I said it's time for miracles. Right. But see, it's, you can't, it won't be time for miracles if you don't know who you are yeah. or what you have yeah. or what you can do. Yes. Say, I know who I am. Now, I'm not talking about when I say, you ask people, who are you? You go, well, my name's Bob, or yeah. my, name's, my name's Kelly, or yeah. my name's Marcus, or my name's Fergus. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the name of my next dog. <laughs> I told Pastor Marcus, so you can't all steal it, because it's all recorded now. It's recorded on the annals of time. Pastor Marcus said he's going to name his dog Fergus. <laughs> Someone said they're going to give me a dog, and I said, okay, I got his name already written down. It's written down. In the annals of time, I told Pat, what are you going to name your dog? He's going to name me Fergus. <laughs> After a soccer player in England. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Mark chapter, let's open our Bibles in Mark chapter 9. Say, I know who I am. It's important to know who you are and what you have and what, what God made available to you. Yes. Lots of things are a lot different on this side on the cross than it was on the other side of the cross. Right. A lot of the apostles didn't have what you had. Right. When they walked with Jesus, they didn't have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of them. Right. When they got the Holy Ghost, they got boldness. Yes. When they got the Holy Ghost, they got, they got enlightenment. When they got the Holy Ghost, they got insight. When they got the Holy Ghost, they got wisdom. And they started talking different. You, you look at the, the other side of the Old Testament from the new side where, where Jesus, after Jesus dies, they, they, they got revelation. Yeah. See, the revelation didn't ha- come as a result of Jesus still being with us. Yeah. It, it came with him after him being on the cross. Yeah. See, things can't be, you can't see things from the, the, uh, the other side of Jesus having not gone to the cross. Right. But we can see exi- examples through what Jesus did as to how you and I are to perform and live our lives. Amen. So over here in Mark chapter 9, verse 14, uh, when the disciples came, they saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were, uh, were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. Verse 16 said, and he, he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And when one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who was a mute spirit. And, whatever, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at the teeth, and became rigid. So I spoke to your disciples, and they could not cast it out, but they could, but they could not. I asked them to cast it out, but they could not cast it out, right? Now, I'm gonna, I want you to say something. Uh, one other chapter says, you know, he just, he, he has, he, he's a mute. He has a mute spirit. But here, how many of you know that's a demon? They just, they, sometimes the people just look at the symptom, oh, that's just a symptom. They don't see the demon behind it. When they see sickness, they don't see the demon behind it. They just see the sickness. Yeah. Out, their eyes are always on the sickness. They're not looking, they're, they don't realize that there's a demon behind that thing, keeping that thing there right. or, or keeping something bound. I don't know about you, but when the Lord told this church that we're gonna be a, a play, uh, this is going to be a place for deliverance for children, I believe that this place is going to be a place for deliverance that's of children. Right. I said there is going to be this place, this house, you got to just start putting in your mouth every time you come to church, this house is a house of deliverance. It's the same way, it's a, it's a place that's God supernaturally, uh, where women can have supernatural childbirth. God's going to supernaturally, this is a place where children supernaturally get delivered. Can I get an amen? You see, you see children with deaf ears coming in, coming in and leaving here hearing. You got blind here, children leaving in here, coming out here with eyesight. You, can I get some amens out here? You got to start believing that you're going to start seeing these miracles. You got to start putting it in your heart now. It's like supernatural childbirth. You got to start putting it in your now. Start dealing with the fear. Start dealing with the doubt in your hearts. Well, I don't know, Pastor Mark, because that's a pretty, I've never done seen anything like, well, you've seen supernatural childbirth. You've seen supernatural provision. You've seen supernatural uh, uh, God getting into things that you never thought were possible. You saw God doing supernatural things above and beyond, more than she could ever ask or think. So if he did it then, why would he stop there? Why would he stop there? Right. He won't stop there. No, no, you just got to put it in your heart. No, he's not stopping there with That's me. Right. That's right. He wasn't just to get you saved. It was to get you, out, get you to a place called his plan for your life. Amen. Amen. You know, when the, when the children of Israel, well, even when they got to the land of promise, they didn't come there sick, busted, broke, and uh, busted and disgusted. The Bible says there was not one feeble, yeah. not one feeble among them. Right. Not one feeble. Not even, their, their sandals weren't even worn out. Yeah. Come on, come on. Come on that ought to just make you, pre- God cared enough about your sandals? Yeah. For, 40 For 40 years, you wore the same sandals and they never wore out? Come on, come on. 
I don't know, Pastor, if I want my chonklas that long. Hey, but can you imagine? Yeah. Boy, you sure, you, people look at you looking like, my man, you got a great deal in them shoes. How long did they last you? 40 years? They never wore out. They never wore out. And their bodies didn't wear out. And their bodies didn't wear out. Then they come in there with corns. Flat feet. Come on, they came in walking strong. Full of promise. Full of hope. Full of God's plan for their life. Amen. Amen. And whatever he sees, and he's talking about his disciples, how they, this thing couldn't be tossed out. But in verse 19, he said, Jesus addressed them. He addressed that gener- generation. He says, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Boy, even the, you know how that's how the devil will do when he gets... That's sometimes what your, your financial situation will look like. You start coming to church. You start tithing. All of a sudden, it just seems like all hell breaks loose. Uh-huh. Well, Pastor, I tried that tithing. Uh-huh. Seems like all hell broke loose. Do you think that hell wants you to tithe? Yeah. Do you think that the, the devil's going to want you to do what God told you to do? Yeah. Do you think God's going to... Do you think the devil wants to do you to witness to anybody? Do you think, you know, you witnessing to somebody may actually bring your husband here to church? Yeah. Boy, I, you know, it just, it just came, that just came up strong in my, in my heart. You bring one friend, she comes in, who has another friend who's, who knows that he needs Jesus. He comes in and, and she happens to invite your spouse to church. He gets saved. He yeah. gets delivered. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're, but because you're so, afraid to, you're so afraid to spread that gospel, to share what God has done in your life, yeah. that, that you indirectly have kept someone else away from their future spouse because your lack of obedience. I mean, we never think about these as bigger pictures. I mean, I think about Pastor Molina leading me to the Lord. We're friends. And not knowing that one day we would get married. Not thinking that I even had a shot or that she even had a shot for about. <laughs> See, that's why these guys got to learn to play it cool. Not act like they're the girls all about. You got to act like you're not interested. Even though you are, you're like. No more soy boys. Well, that, well, that'll be a further message for later on. Boy, believe me, that is a message within itself. Come on. Be a man. Be what God called you to be. For God's sake, be like John Wayne if you have to. Oh, Lord, have mercy. No more prancing around, to, uh, around the tulips. Come on, just. Oh, Lord. Jesus, how long shall I how, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I how, bring bring him to me? Bring him to me. And then they brought him to him. And then when he saw him, he convulsed. Right. In verse twenty one, he asked his father, "How long has he been like this?" And the father said, "From his childhood. From his childhood." Yeah. So this devil got a hold of somehow this child from his childhood, and often he throws himself into the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus confronted him. You know, it's, it's not, you know, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't cure him. But Jesus turned the boat. He said, he turned to him. He said, if you can believe all things, all things are possible to him who believes. Yeah. So you come here wanting someone else to do your miracle for you. And yet says, and then Jesus says, well, you want me to do this for you. Can you believe? Yeah. 
See, that's your job. Your job is to believe. Your job is to believe the one who's preaching to you. Well, you take care of it. I come to this church, I don't get no miracles to happen. Every time I, I, I give and ain't nothing happened, it's because what you believe already that's coming out of your mouth. What your mouth says already exposes what's already in your heart. Yeah. This man exposed his heart by his testimony. Well, I brought him to your disciples. They could do nothing. It's, it's almost like you're accusing the man because of what his disciples couldn't do. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus says, oh, faithless generation, how long will I be with you? Because mm-hmm. he's addressing the man's faithlessness. Mm-hmm. And if we want miracles, we're going to have to start believing the man. Mm-hmm. You got to start believing God. Start believing the man who's pointing. It's my job to point to Jesus. Say, believe him, believe his word, believe what he's telling you, and and start doing his word. And the more you do it, the more miracles you have. But the man cried out. He said, Lord, help me with my unbelief. He cried out, and he said, and and guess what? God didn't leave him there. That's right. He's so good. He's so good, he didn't leave people there in their unbelief. He touched the boy, the boy fell over, and he convulsed one last time. Mm -hmm. Again. Just because you, you receive your miracle, just because God laid hands, because, doesn't mean the devil's going to try to at least fight one last bit just before he, you get your miracle. Yeah. Right. So learn, learn to hold on through what you, despite what you see. That's right. Learn to hold on despite what you feel. Learn, learn not to look at the gas pump yeah. or the gas prices because yeah. they're going to try to intimidate you. Yeah. Well, I remember back when we didn't, we paid two twenty five, and that was still too much. Two twenty five back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when gas was a dollar sixty, <laughs> and if we were grumping then. Let's go. And we said, one of these days, these gas prices are going to be five bucks. The way they're behaving, who knew they're going to be close to seven? <laughs> who knew they're going to be close to seven? So, what are you going to do, believers? Yeah. What are you going to do? You can't be moved. Yeah. None of these things That's move me. That's right. That's what right. are you going to do when you get a cold? <laughs> oh, no, I got me the COVID. Yeah. I mean, come on. What are you going to do? Yeah, are you going to just start crying? Oh, Lord, I hope I ain't got no COVID. Lord, I hope I ain't got none of these fancy yeah. diseases that everybody talks about. Yeah. Boy, because they're going to be making up stuff left and right. Yeah. You got monkey pox or whatever. I mean, all these different things that are running around. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, God's given you some authority down there over there in Luke chapter 10. He says, I give you all authority to trample, your, uh, to trample the devil under your foot. Under your foot. Well, I just got a pedicure I'm, or pedicure. What do you call those things, man? Pedicure. I don't want to walk on no devils. Well, you, I don't want to get my feet dirty. Well, you got to get your feet dirty and your hands dirty. You're going to be smacking the devil left and right, putting That's him right. under your feet. That's right. Run, you're showing him who's boss. That's right. yeah. uh-huh. Quit acting like the devil's the boss in your life. Yeah. People, too many people are acting like the devil's the boss of their life. Yeah. Well, I got the devil on the run, Pastor. The only problem is he's running after me. And <laughs> right. Well, no, you put him on the run by you chasing him and you chasing him out of your home. That's no, no more living like a victim. No more living like you're under distress. No, no, no longer living like, you know, and drinking like the rest of the world. Don't, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Well, pastor, I thought we were under grace. No, that's Greece. 
Too many people say, I'm under grace. No, you, you're just trying to confess your, your greasy way of living. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching. You don't get mad. Well, Pastor, I, how did you know about my beer? Did my wife tell you something about my beer? Did my wife tell me about my, that wine in my closet? No, listen here. I'm going to say the Holy Ghost will always tell on you no matter what. That's right. The, the Holy Spirit will always tell on you. There's been times I've been, in, I've been in church, the pastor will say something. I'm like, man, how, were you talking to him before? How, was he listening to our conversation on the way to church? Uh-huh. No, it's called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when we, were arguing, we were arguing in the car. Well, God, you know, God heard you arguing in the car. <laughs> Just make sure you do repent. No, Lord, don't please. You know, back in the day, when, back in the day we'd go see Dr. Dufresne. I, I don't know, Pastor Lena, I would do this. I was going to go see Dr. Dufresne, minister. You know, he's a prophet of God. So I was wise. You know what I did wisely, Pedro? Well, this is what I wisely did. I said, Lord, please forgive me of all my sins, all my iniquities, of my bad attitude that she caused, Lord. But you know, you fix her and then you fix me. But no, it seemed like God always fixed me before he fixed her. Come on, like Pastor Lee, I had more fixing than she needed fixing. But here, you know, here's the thing. You make yourself available. You make yourself available for the, for the man of God. See, you know, when you have a man of God that, you, that, you, that you're willing to, uh, to hear from and listen to, then it makes it available more miracles to happen for you. It's harder for me to bring someone who doesn't honor the the. the the house of, you know, you ask some stranger to come on in who doesn't honor the pastor, doesn't honor the, the, the house of God, doesn't honor, well, nothing's going to happen when I'm here. That's not honor. Yeah. And God can't move on that person's life, even though God wants to move on that person's life because that person says, I'm not going to honor what, what's going on with that person. Yeah. I'm not going to honor the pastor. I'm not going to honor the pastor's wife. I'm not going to even honor the pastor's dog. I don't like his ushers for sure. They always look at me funny. <laughs> That Pedro, you got to keep an eye on him. I wonder about him. Come on. Yeah. You see, you know, God's got all his favors. You know, God's got all his favors. You know, you start talking that way, you will keep yourself from walking into things. Yeah. Yeah. You will keep yourself from walking into things. Yeah. See, because God don't play no favorites. No. He looks for faithfulness. He looks for faithfulness. And when he sees faithfulness, he wants to, bl- he wants to bless the faithful. He, he, he likes, the, fa- the faithful are usually the ones that have faith. I said the faithful ones are usually the ones that have faith. You know, Pastor Melina has faith in me. She can trust me. That, where does that faith come? Because I'm faithful to her. Every night I lay in bed, I go, oh, I love you. I just love, I, I don't know, sometimes I wake myself up saying, I love you. I go, oh, I love you, Melina. I'm like, I, I always say it before I fall asleep. I catch myself saying it and I'm like, and then every, every time I see a picture, I say, oh, I love her. I love her. When I saw her on that little video, I go, oh, I looked at it. I go, Melina, you're so cute. You did so good. I kissed the picture on the phone. I go, you're so awesome. I just love it. She goes, oh, you just love me. I go, that's right, baby. Don't you forget it. Don't you forget it, lady. <laughs> I really shouldn't joke like that, I said, uh, lady, because back in the 70s, it made me laugh. But I didn't realize that it wasn't a real positive way they said it, but... And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I just thought it was funny, but people look at you funny like, is he serious? <laughs> uh, let's open our Bibles to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Because there's things on that work on the inside of you and I. Amen. There are things that are at work on the inside of you. Right. And you've got to tap into what, you, what is already yours. Yes. Yes. There are things that are yours. Yes. And over here in 2 Peter 
one of Peter is, is, an, is an apostle of God. He walked with the Lord. He's the one that ran when things were thick. But you know what? God turned his situation around. Yes. And over here in, in 2 Peter, Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Yes. His divine power yes. has given us all things that pertain to life. Yes. All things that pertain to life. Yes. Said, did you hear what I said? Don't, I don't want you to miss this thing. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Yes. So there's things that pertain to life, like healing, miracles. Yes. Come, on. Come on, moving and getting you to go in where you need to be. Yeah. And he's also giving you power to live godly. That's right. Through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue. Yes. Now, this is where it gets really interesting in verse 4. It says, for by which he has given us an exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of his divine nature. When you're here, we're taking part of his divine nature. You doing the word is you taking part of his divine nature. You want miracles to happen? You got to lay hands on the sick. Well, what if nothing happens? Well, you don't worry about it if nothing happens. Because just because you don't see something that happen doesn't mean something isn't happening. I had to learn that in my early formative years. You know how many people I prayed for, laid hands on that, that in the initial time when I first started that didn't get healed right away? Because I was like, oh, it didn't happen right away. So I thought, man, I need to spend more time with God. I need to pray good more and spend more time with the Holy Ghost. You know, and the Lord said, no, you just can't. You, you're, here's the thing. You're not the healer. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. He says, the good news is you're not the healer. He said, I'm the healer. Yeah. He goes, you're just the obeyer. Yeah. If you, you be the obeyer and let me do my, you do, you be your job, you do your job and I'll let me do my job. Yeah. You be the obeyer and I'll be the doer. So as me being the doer, I'm being the obeyer. And when I become the obeyer, he's, I'm allowing him to be the doer. Yeah. Right? And then that's where the miracle will come. Yeah. But far too often we don't do it because we're afraid, well, what, if, what, what, what am I going to look at, look like? Uh-huh. See, that's where you got to set aside your ego. Uh-huh. Well, if nothing happens, I'm going to look like a fool. No, you're not going to look like a fool. You're going to look like you're being obedient to God. Yeah. And then one day you will run into someone who actually has faith. And as you lay your hands, though, I remember the first time I had my first miracle. Me and Pastor Melina were married, like, like, like a physical, where I saw the physical manifestation. I had heard, like, through laying hands of others, later on I heard of miracles. But this was the first one where I saw instantaneously. Yeah. I remember it was this, uh, there was, this, um, there was this, uh, this woman who I worked with, and, uh, <clears throat> uh, and uh, she was a short, uh, short heavy-set lady, and and I was at I was at work, and she says, "Oh, my back's killing me." She goes, "I'm in so much pain. I think I'm gonna have to." I go, "I go, oh, are you okay?" She goes, "No, I'm just in a lot of pain right now." I said, and she knew I was a Christian. She goes, "Can you pray for me?" And by word of knowledge, I said, by word of knowledge, I told her to sit down. I said, I don't know why I told her to sit down. It's not something that I normally do, but she says, "My back and my feet, or something about her feet." And then I said, okay, well, I don't remember everything. So I'm just kind of trying to remember the best I can. So I just remember, I said, well, just sit down. I'm going to pray hands. I'm going to lay hands. So I laid hands on her head. I said, you know, there's something that tells me you just need to stretch out your legs. So she picked up her legs. And one leg was shorter than the other. Just shorter than the other. And I remember praying for her. And again, she she wasn't Pentecostal. She she was a Baptist lady. Never, Never experienced a miracle. 
I said, never experienced a miracle, never seen a miracle. Now, I'm sure she may have heard of it, but she never seen a miracle. And then all of a sudden, she screams out, the heat! I had just washed my hands with cold water. Because I, I, I worked with, work, and they didn't, back in that day, they just, for some reason, you're supposed to have hot water, but there was nothing but cold more, water that morning. So I washed my hands with cold water, laid hands. She said, your hands, your hands are on fire. I go, sister, y- y- your leg is growing out. And she looked at her, her leg, she goes, ah! She screamed real loud and got everybody's attention. And uh, people came from around the corner, what's going on, what's going on? I go, I go, her leg's growing out. And they just saw that leg grow out. And it wasn't just a couple inches. It grew out far. And then I remember she stood up and she walked around and she said, my back, my feet, my hips. And she was a big lady. And, and she goes, oh, my gosh. So she went around. She started yelling just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And, you know, and guess what? She was giving God all the glory. Oh, God, I praise you, Father. And you know, you know, what, that did? You know what that did? It was a dinner bell. It was a dinner bell for all those who, who didn't believe to start coming to me and asking me about Jesus. And when that, when, that, when that happened, more people were able to ask Jesus into their heart. But you see, things can't happen if you're not ringing the dinner bell. Some of you ladies who just had babies supernaturally. There's other ladies that need to hear what you have gone through who need to, who need to have a supernatural childbirth. But see, they're never going to get saved unless they hear the dinner bell. And you testifying is that dinner bell. Right. You want to have more children, uh, a supernatural, you just ring that dinner bell. Yeah. You want to have more miracles, you just start, ring, just start telling about what God has done in your life. Yeah. Start ringing that bell. That's right. So I'll come to, come to my church if you need a miracle. Come to my church if you want your life to change. Yeah. Come, if you want your marriage to be put back together, yeah. come to church and see what God has done in my life here at this church. Because yeah. you, you can't get tired of miracles. Right. You can't get tired of miracles. You can't, you can't get tired of hearing about miracles. Because yes. if you get tired of them, you'll, 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 start to, you'll, stop, you'll stop seeing them happen. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't take them for granted. Right. Don't take miracles for granted. Amen. Some of you kids don't even, you know, go, well, I haven't seen a miracle like that. Well, hold on, you'll, you'll get to see miracles happen. Yes. You'll get to see it happen. Yes. You just got to be hungry for it. Right. You got to be hungry for a miracle. If you're not hungry for a miracle, well, I'm, I think I'm hungry. It ain't the same as being hungry. We've got, we've got to be hungry for miracles. We've got to be hungry for God to, to do supernatural things in our lives. You don't, want, you don't want to be, you know, I've known some kids over the years, some, some teenagers over the years. I remember some number of years ago, there used to be, used to go to church and every service there would be this one girl used to get on my nerves. I used to tell Malia, I'm going to tell her something. She goes, oh, don't say anything to her. Don't say anything to her. She's just sitting there playing with her hair during service. Just, just sitting there playing, a cert, playing with the hair over the years, just, just doing nothing, just playing with her hair, just like <laughs> thinking she was all that in a bag of chips. Yeah, she was a, she was a pretty girl, but here's the problem that she, that she had later on. She ended up getting married. She didn't keep Jesus in her heart. She didn't keep him in the forefront, and she ends up later on getting a divorce, not walking, or, or not walking the fullness of God, looks aged because, you know, the world will age you. I said, the world will age you. Yeah. I've known too many people my age. You see them, you're like, you're the same age? Oh, yeah, we're the same age. Uh-huh. You look at Pastor Ben, Pastor Melanie, she's just beautiful. You see women around her age who aren't walking with the Lord? I'll tell you, when you ain't walking with the Lord, it's just the world's just going to age you because yeah. you're walking halfway with God. Yeah. But when you make a decision to walk all the way with God, it'll add years to your life. It'll preserve your life. 
preserved. And like we said here, do you know his, we are the partakers of his divine nature. Say, I am. am. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. nature. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. One of my favorite chapters, one of the ones I use all the time for prayer. When we pray, Pastor Melina, we like to use, we pray this over the river church. But there's some things here that really stood out to me this morning as I was preparing and the Lord kind of brought me back to that. But he says, I, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers in verse 16. In verse 17, he says that the glory, the Lord, the God of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. How many of you know that you should know what is the hope of His calling towards you? How many of you know you got a calling? Yes. And you need to know that calling. Yes. But you can't know that calling if you're not doing the Word. Yes. That you may know what is the hope of His calling. And what are the riches of this glory of his inheritance in the saints? There's an inheritance for you. How many of you know you have an inheritance? You know that miracle working power that works in you right now? It's part of your inheritance. You know that authority that you have that you, when you walk and you tell the devil to get out of your home? That's part of your inheritance. And was exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. There's a power in you that works in you towards those who believe. Did you get that? And there's a power. There's a power in verse 21. That's, that this, that's far above. Hold on, let's go back to where we're Towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. He has a mighty power that works in you according to his mighty power. Right. Not your, remember what I said earlier? It wasn't my power, it was his power. Right. All, he needed, he, all he needed was me to agree to doing what he told me to do. Yeah. And listen, what he, he, you know, there's so much authority that you have as a believer. So much authority you have. So much uh, authority that you have. Which works in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and and might and dominion and everything that is named. Not only in this age but that which has come. That he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. I'm going to tell you something. You are the body. You are part of his body. You are the body. Uh-huh. He's the head. Yes. That body has raised the dead. That body has done miracles. That body has walked on water. Yes. You are a part of that body. Hallelujah. You are related to that, to that power. Uh-huh. I can't. There's some people I would like to shake and say, do you know what you have? Do you know? Jackie, do you know what you have? You have power on the inside of you. You are the head and not the tail. You have authority residing on the inside. You are God's little powerhouse. There are things that you can, you can do that no, man, no one else can do. Because it's only, a, it's only been appointed to you to do. I can't do it. Jocelyn can't do it. But only you can do it. Jocelyn, there are things that God has placed in you that no one else can do, but God has created you. Only you can do it. But when you're faithful to do what God called you to do, he will do things on the inside of you that you never thought were possible. Anthony, God will do things on the inside of you when you make an agreement to to do what he tells you to do. 
You already are a young man. How old are you? 14. You're already a man. Quit trying to wait. Quit wait. When I grow up, and I'm a man. No, I, you know, I should tell my son years ago. I said, you know, you already are a man. Quit waiting to act. Well, I'm, when I'm 18, I'll be a man. No, you already are a man. Let me, let me, let me just let you know this right. As soon as you start growing face on, hair on your face, you already become a man. This whole teenage thing is an invention. There's no such thing as a teen. You never hear about teenagers in the, there's no, you are already are a man. That means you start living like a man. You start acting like a man. You start living responsibly like a man. Same thing for you. You start acting like a man. We don't raise children in this church. We raise men and women in this church. Mighty men and women. Mighty men and women. Mighty. Mighty. Say, I am mighty. Woo, you're not high and mighty. You're mighty in him. This church, we have no cliques. We have no cliques. There's no, not, not one group that's better than the other group. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're not part of the elite club. Well, you know, there's the elite group in the, in the church. We don't have elite groups in the church. We just have the chosen. You're all the chosen. There's everybody who comes to the River Church is the chosen. God has chosen them to be separate from the world, to be doers of the world. The do, doers of the word, not doers of the world. Yes. Got to make that clear. I misspoke. Yes. But if you've been a doer of the world, you say, I'm not going to be a doer of the world anymore. I'm going to be a doer of the word. That's right. That's right. I'm not going to go with the flow. Well, you know, I got to do what's popular. No, you don't do what's popular. Do what's right. That's right. Thank God we live in a country that finally just eyes woke up and one day and said, you know, this Roe versus Wade thing is wrong. Thank God you have God put you in a country where you have the freedom of speech and say, hey, this is wrong. Men died for that freedom of speech. Men died for you to bear arms, to to protect yourself and to protect your families. Men died for those those things so that you could have faith and and that you could live and and pursue your faith. Men died for those things. So I'm grateful to live in this country where you have have amendments that protect your sacred freedoms. That said that every man was created in the image of God. Thank God you live in an area where men made that decision to, to include that wording in their, in their, in their constitution, in their doctrines. Thank God we make a decision that we're going to speak up for unholiness and how it's important to us. We're not going to allow perversion to reign in our schools. You speak up to that school, school system. We're not putting up with your, your perversion anymore. If you do that stuff, we're going to turn you into the police. And, and for, what do you call that when you try to pervert a child? Or what do you call that, uh, Tony? When you, when you try to do, get a kid to do something? No, not indoctrinate. It's like when you when you're, 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 you're don't even know a kid. Let's say a kid wants to buy a beer. Not, not a grooming. Huh? No, you, you go out. Some kid goes, I remember back in the day when we were teenagers, we'd ask an adult to go in and buy a spear, and the adult would come out, and we'd give him extra money. Spear, that we, we used to do that with the homeless guys. <laughs> Here, Mr. Homeless Man, you want to make some money? You go get me some beer. I'll pay you this. He'd go in there, pay, buy the bear, and, and, and that was illegal. That very act could get him put into jail. You can't do that. Enable. You're, you're, you cannot... You cannot do that. You cannot teach a kid to do, be perverted like you. Yeah. That's right. Uh-uh, no. No, no just because you're a teacher, now you got a degree, yeah. 
you can teach perversion? Yeah. No, 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 no. There's laws against perverts. Yeah. And that's why we need to raise the standard and start using the laws that we do have and say, no, that's a practice of perversion. You can't figure out that you're a man and a woman now that Roe v. versus Wade is, now now you know what a woman is? Oh, you didn't know what a woman was, but not after Roe v. versus Wade. Now you know what a woman is? Perversion. Perversion. See, we're the church. We have the power to change things. You have the power to change things. God's going to raise up leaders in this church. Influencers in this church. People that are going to be, you know, you can be the mayor of Porterville for all we know. God will raise you up to be a politician. To speak is set up for righteousness. I mean, God's going to raise them up in the church. Especially people who can't live right. Hey, if the world, if the world's doing it, why not us? If the world's trying to, uh, to put, why not should the church? You know, there's there's more. The God had more authority in His prophets than the world did in, in their world system. The prophet used to be afraid. The kings used to be afraid of the prophets. Yeah. The man of God used to say, "King, you're a dead man for what you've done." Uh-huh. And it didn't matter he was a king. Yeah. The prophet said, "You have lived wrong. You have taken something from another man, yeah. who was from a lesser rank." And this day, the dogs are going to only eat you, but they're going to eat you and your wife. And guess what happened? It was a done deal. See, they were afraid of the men of God. That's why, it's, that's why when people say, you know, church, separation of church and state, we need a separation. Because they were afraid of the men of God. They're afraid of you. They're afraid of us. Because we stand for righteousness. We stand up for what's right. We're people of faith. We have miracles. God shows up. And when God shows up, the world starts to tremble. The world will start to tremble at the preaching, at the, at the knowing of God's word. God is going to do some great miracles in your life this year. He is not done. He's only beginning. And the word that came is to pick up the pace. And the pace needs to be picked up. It needs to be picked up. We need to pick up the pace and everything that we do. It shouldn't take us, it shouldn't take us three years to start believing. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm a baby Christian. I'm a baby Christian. You can't be a baby Christian for five years. Yeah. <laughs> That's unnatural. It's unnatural. Yeah. Well, I'm just a kid. You, can, you don't have to be a baby Christian and be a teenager. That's right. or, a, or a kid who's eight or nine or 11. You, you don't have to be a baby Christian. You can be more of an adult than most adults are at your age. You can mature way beyond your years. You can learn to mature now by the Spirit. And people look, that kid is mature. There's a movie called Captain and uh, Master and Commander. And there's a movie, and there's little kids that are wearing around these suits, and they're like, they're like colonels. And, and part of the reason why is because they all could read, and a lot of people couldn't read. So they put people in positions of power because they could read, and they could take orders, and, and they would see through from the commander what to do. And because that's how society was. I don't think it's that far from, different from now. I believe that God is raising up young people. Yeah. God's raising up young people to, right. to walk those things out, That's to become right. those leaders That's in the right. community. On, that people on. say, that kid, yeah. there's something different about That's right. that kid. That's right. Yeah. That's right. 
in this community, above all the kids that come out of most churches, that kid loves God and there's something special about him. There's something special about you kids. Start seeing it now. Well, are you just trying to pump me up? No, I'm not trying to pump you up. I'm telling you by the spirit of who you are and what you have. You're God's queen. There is a man looking for you and preparing himself for you. A man, not a boy. A man who needs a proper wife. An elegant wife. See this? I, I always look at Pastor Melina. She's my elegant, ele, elegant wife. Eloquent, elegant. God is looking for a, man is looking for a chaste woman who's not a girl who's been all over the place. He, they're looking for you. They are looking for you. You are priceless to them. You are like a fine Rolex. Better than that. 20 times better than that. And they can have whatever they want, but they want classy. They want they want what they, they know that's, that's like, that's so out of my league. I, I'm marrying up if I marry her. If I get with her, I look at her mom, I look at her dad, I look at her brothers. Boy, that's a good family. I, I hope I can get married. They, they are looking at you as a representative of what God is doing. And God is looking for people of miracles who will reflect who will show the very goodness of God because it is the goodness of God that leads men unto repentance. You are of a high value. Well, I'm not there yet. I'm not like someone. So I'm not. Quit trying to emulate and be like somebody else. Be who God called you to be and God let God do what he needs to do. Just do what he tells you to do and let God's power work through you. He'll do something through you. You don't have to try. Yes. Let him do it. Yes. Let him do it. Yes. I, told, I told Pedro the other day, I said, we don't have, in the natural, in the natural, if you look at things, in the natural, I said, but look, I tell him, I've been, I just, it's been in my heart to tell him, just look and see what God's going to do. Doesn't matter what we, what we see, just look at what God is going to do. Yeah. We're looking for a miracle. Yeah. Yes. Just look at what God's going to do. Yeah. Don't look to Pastor Mark, just look. Just look to what God is going to do in your family this year. Just look to see what God is going to do in your finances this year. Just look to God. Don't look to your husband about what he's making or what he doesn't make. You'll get yourself in trouble every time you're looking at what you you have or who the person is bringing it to you. You'll start to look at them. But it's not them that's bringing it to them. Look look at what God is going to bring to you. Amen. Amen. Isn't God a good God? Yes. Aren't, you, aren't you glad you came to church today? Yes. But I tell you, I mean, you can sense the anointing right now. It's so strong in here. You can cut it with a knife. Amen. Say this with me. There's a miracle that flows in this house, in my home, at my church, and in my body. I am a vessel of God's power. I am a vessel of honor. One that values what God is doing. Everybody says, Amen.